Where's my biscuits? What am I going to eat today, John? I have no idea. How are we going to do a Mr. Haircut if I'm not eating while we're while talking okay. on the radio? <laughs> Can I get some chips? <laughs> Can I get some chips that really make this uh, just a lovely experience for the listener? Welcome to Mr. Haircut. My name is John Daniel Ray, and I'll be your guide throughout this podcast episode. Today we have a very special guest, and one of my longtime collaborators, Mr. Russell Kelly. Russ is a guitar player here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and happens to play in a band with my co-host, Jonathan Green, and I called RK3. Today we will be talking about improvisation, as we do in every episode, and Jonathan poses a question about flow state and what it means to you. If you have questions or comments, you can communicate with us through our website, mrhaircut.org. And as always, the music from this show will be available for download from our site, along with links to Russ's work. And now, tighten your belts and roll up your pant legs, because it's time to get into it. energy the whole time today that's it all right john i feel like we should um i feel like we should hold hands and talk about aligning our chakras and and that's a great idea what do you think about chakras yeah i think that there's there's probably that they're real and there's scientific proof for them and i don't care what you say there's definitely scientific proof all the scientists i read this thing real scientists know that chakras exist i read this thing in new age today Mm -hmm. magazine yep i saw that that you saw article, that? yep, it was a yeah, blog yeah. post, and uh, blog posts have become really reliable sources of information right. lately. Yep, right, they're really scientific. And I just read it, and I didn't even bother. Like I just, I just did. You read it, it on Reddit? I did, and I just take it for what it is. Just I don't even. There's really no no reason to think about it anymore. No, I usually just read things and then repeat them to other people as often as I can, and they change yeah. a little bit every time I repeat them, but. Mm-hmm. That's okay because that's just the way things evolve. Yeah, right? and speaking it's of evolution. chakras exist. Right. Yeah. 
Actually, I can see I can see auras. No, you actually, yeah. No, actually, I can too. Being fluffy unicorns <laughs> dancing <laughs> on rainbows. John, John is starting to sweat over there. He's I'm like, I'm not oh, sweating. Please, I know, like, I knew where this, this conversation was going <laughs> when you um when you started. So I was like, you know, well, what? I'm just gonna let you guys fizzle out. Let's see how long you can go. I, and I was actually getting uncomfortable, uncomfortable myself. But it's but it's funny because I feel like I've listened to all the podcasts so far, and I feel like that I fall somewhere between the two of you most people do yeah well <clears throat> because that's I how you have, make a john sandwich because i'm real new age greens i have green i'm gonna call you green for the podcast so i don't want to keep calling you john you can fine? call me jonathan Dayjilla. Dayjilla. that's too hard to say i don't want to that's a mouthful no that's his I'm name sorry my name is so <laughs> <laughs> inconvenient so, so awful Dayjilla. we have to use mr haircut names on well, the podcast uh, okay all right speaking Dayjilla. of which speaking of which i'm ray nella and you are. I might. I mean, can I be Arkilla? Didn't we come up Arkilla? with that orig- originally? You can be Arkilla. Arkilla the Quaffnilla. Ark. <laughs> okay, that's an acceptable Mr. Haircut name. No, no. Okay, Arkilla the Quaffzilla. Arkilla the Quaffzilla. Why do you yeah. get a longer name? Are you from like out I'm of the, the country? Guest. I'm the guest. Aren't you supposed to be nicer to me? What? And, and where are my no. biscuits? Is a no, question no, no. not nice? Where are my biscuits? <laughs> I was told there would be biscuits on this podcast. I feel like other guests have gotten biscuits. You know when you why come, why? You know when you come to someone else's house, it's actually customary for you to bring a gift. I brought coffee for me. I had biscuits, <laughs> I had biscuits in my rider though. I didn't see. I don't see any biscuits. Oh, here. my people must have lost it. Yeah, okay, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah I'm John's right. people. Well, and I didn't even look. Right, I don't actually have people, over. but the internet told me. Oh. Just like oh good, now we're back to listening to blog posts. Okay, but what I was saying is, I feel like I fall somewhere between you guys because I have this very uh, this mind that's very practical and empirical and and stuff like that. And I feel like that's that's Dayjilla's side, and then Ray Nilla's side. You're a little more frou frou. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> esoteric and be nice, but yes, frou frou will work. <laughs> But you, but you are a little bit more, and I think I have both parts of myself that are constantly doing battle to not get lost in one another. Because they're, do you know what I mean? Like if I become too, too practical and too empirical, you get lost in, in well, being dead. And but if you become too, too fluffy, then it's like, you know, you just can't, you can't really function that well. It's like cotton candy. It's like a mouthful yeah. of cotton candy. You can't. I was going to say something serious, and then you brought up cotton candy. <laughs> then my mouth uh, started to water, and I remembered that I was hungry. And exactly. I was trying to forget See? because you were See? talking biscuits about biscuits earlier. Right. My biscuits. Just prove. <laughs> You just proved that energy exists. <laughs> Fru-fru once again proves his point. <laughs> Back to philosophy. Back to philosophy. I think there's a difference between... Um, do you want Do you want to inter- introduce the topic and then go into it? Or no, do you because, just go oh, and cut oh, it? Okay, so we're talking about the flow state. Right. Cool. Flow state. And do we want to define it and do all that stuff? Not Well, you can do that if you want. Well, I don't... I mean, I'm, I've been thinking about this since, since you mentioned the topic a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. It's something I've spent a lot of time looking into, but I don't... It's it's hard to define it because what I think what the best not the best way but a way I've come to describe it is like the the way we have of interfacing with the world can only see black and white and the flow state is like this color experience where you kind of come out of it and you only have shades of gray to describe it and you can sort of describe it but it's not something you can really put words to or go this is what it is you know it's funny when people use like other senses to describe what they're trying to talk about in a specific sense like we'll use the word color when we're talking about music yeah yeah i you lost me really yeah 
You have to well, be it's very just a metaphor. And, it, I mean, obviously a metaphor, and it's just trying to say. Yeah, but what does your metaphor represent? Well, it's trying to say that, that the mechanism we have to describe the flow state is not adequate to really describe the flow state. So we're having to use we're having to use something that can't quite get there, but can suggest that. Like if you've never tasted an orange before, I can go, okay, it's kind of like a lemon and it's kind but it's sweeter. So you can go, okay, but you've never tasted an orange before. So you can't <clears throat> really describe it or relate to it. Sure. But you, you have varying degrees of uh, sweet, sour, wet, you know, yeah. you can yeah. describe. And that's the difficulty. Thing. Right. But is it, I because think even if, um, even if you can't, describe exactly what it is i mean language is such that you can if you have the words to do it paint a pretty vivid picture sometimes yeah, yeah no i agree and so i but what you're ahead. saying i'm sorry is the flow state isn't like that yeah because i mean the flow state to me is something that where you step outside of Like, uh, like you step outside of your ego and ego in the turn in the sense of the thing we use to interface with the world that, that makes meaning out of our world and organizes things so that we can talk to each other and, and relate to the world itself. And the flow state is something that kind of steps outside of that, like where that sort of falls away in a sense. And you're not, you're not, you're not in the same context as you normally are in the everyday world, like where, where time sort of stops and there's not there's a deep awareness of what's going on, but it's not in terms of like past and future and able to relate uh, uh, in descriptive linear terms. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, it makes sense <clears throat> because because I've experienced the same thing as you, and John has too. Right. But I think the hard part is that there's not language to talk about this yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So we all have the same experiences, and but we don't have a way to talk about it. You know, the way right. that we communicate is language, and there's no language for this. There's no words. So I we think, have to use metaphors. I think that... And that's where my color metaphor comes exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah. And the orange metaphor and the painting metaphor. I feel like if there were no words to describe it, we wouldn't be. We wouldn't even have the knowledge that we all share the experience. Because we right. have to be able to communicate the experience. So at least on some level, we have language yeah. to say that this is happening. Right. So what beyond the metaphor can we use to describe the flow state? You tell me. So yeah, what, yeah, what I've read first about the flow state, and specifically outside of the realm of music, uh, because I've read it about athletes, that's sort of what gave mm -hmm. me the idea, is that they're, they, uh, athletes call it the zone. Right. Um, so it's that time where it's like you can do no wrong, like every basket sunk, like you feel like it's just everything is just working in perfect harmony, yep. and there is no th like thought involved. There is no like conscious correction of specific actions. Right, right, right. And um, I read a book on practicing once where they called that conscious uh, correction of specific actions the critic. It's right. when you you're doing something and you're analyzing it as you do it, and you make a decision that uh, you make a subjective decision about what you're doing and try to course correct <clears throat> in the middle of the idea. And right. a lot, oftentimes, you know, it's, I mean, it's overthinking is most of the time what people call it in everyday language. But we do that, and that can drive a wedge between us and, like, true connection with the music on an emotional level. Right. And I, I think that's a really important way of languaging it is the flow state is a thought-free state. As soon as your mind comes in, the linear, rational mind comes in, like you're saying, and starts making decisions – 
then you're not that flow state. Those two are almost mutually exclusive. Sure. Um, may I make another analogy too? Because I don't think it's thoughtless. I think it's the lack of course correction. Because there are levels of thought that aren't all the same. There's a hierarchy yeah, yeah. of thought. Okay. If you've ever taken a writing class, especially creative writing, the first thing that they try to get you to learn to do is free writing. If, do you know what free writing is? Yeah. For the listener, free writing, if you've never heard of it, it's when you just start writing. It, what you're writing may not make sense, <clears throat> but the, the idea is to not let the pen stop moving. Right. So you're trying to abandon the critic and trying to get past this subjective critique that you're trying to do in real time and just letting ideas flow out. So you're 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 taking the thing that's course correcting, taking the thing, taking the judgment out of what you're doing um, and just trying to be creative. And that is a thought process. It's just a more subconscious, if I can be so bold. Um, it's it's something that's beyond the idea of being able to edit as we go yeah well <clears throat> so i spent I'll just real quick my story was i went to music school when i got out i hated playing music but i i had this fascination with the flow state so i stopped playing guitar for six or seven years but during that time i spent a lot of time like with different styles of meditation and stuff like that seeking after what the flow state is and trying to get it uh, out of the context of any other activity, just able to access the flow state. Um, and, and I think there are different styles of meditation that have different focus, but one of the ones I was most interested in and one I think that in induces the flow state best is this sort of like open awareness kind of thing where thoughts can be there, the, the normal experience can be there, but nothing is focused on. So it's just passing through you know, the metaphor is like passing through like a cloud. It just forms and go, goes away, but the sky is still there. So it's, I think, I think you're describing kind of along those lines of like, you're not, you're not trying to get push thought away and pretend it's not there. You can still be thinking the the ego mind can still be active, but it's not, it's within the con, it's a drop in the ocean mm -hmm. within the context of what's happening. And there's nothing you're latching onto. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's this idea, it's this idea that <clears throat> thoughts are things that happen to us that you can't, con you can't literally control what you're about to think in the next. Moment, right. Exactly. Right? But you can control to an extent, uh, how you react, what you choose to focus and fixate on. Exactly. Is that exactly. correct? Yes. And the flow state, like the flow state, I would argue can't really be induced because as soon as you try, you're losing it, but it can be opened up to, and you can create conditions for it to happen that are more likely. And one of those is to, uh, is to learn how to be in the context of your experience in a way that you're not focusing on the thought, you're not editing, you're not uh, trying to latch on to a particular sense perception, whether it's sight, sound, thoughts, all that stuff. John, do you have anything to add? Yeah. No, I'm texting right now. Sorry. <laughs> please, please continue. Um, but yeah, but and that's the, that's sort of the paradox and the difficulty with the flow state is you can't try and get into it. You can make yourself available to it, but. I, you know, obviously is my opinion, but you can't, you can't try to get into it. As soon as you're trying, you're in the editing mechanism and you're not, you're, you're distancing yourself from what that place is. So effort is the enemy. Yeah. In a sense, and the effort in terms of, 
uh, I can't remember what you called it a minute ago, but effort in the sense of oh, course correction, where you're in your stream of thoughts and going, oh, I now I should do this, now I should do that. That sounds good. That doesn't sound good. That that process of thinking is standing in the way of allowing the flow state to come through. does it take to be able to play without trying i think i don't know i don't know exactly that's the that's the tough part about it i I think it i think it requires practicing uh practicing putting yourself in the context of letting your thought of not focusing on your thoughts or any particular sense perception and that's a skill that can be developed Is that beyond? Because I personally can't see how any of this could be possible without like having a foundation in music is like the given, the the assumption so far in this conversation, because you can't put yourself in a flow state and also make musical sense if you don't have the experience. Your body itself doesn't have the experience to live in that while you're playing right so the thing that we haven't said is like this is sort of a level of like mastery over yourself and mastery over your instrument that sort of converge yep yeah i would say that from what we're talking about you have to have a certain level of technical ability on the instrument however i think you can have just as much flow state like i'm thinking about uh times where i've sat around a campfire and played mandolin an instrument that I have no idea how to play. And I can achieve that same state on an instrument that I know nothing about just, you know, just by uh, sort of going into that place. Like I can, in other words, I can go into that place without this, the technical mastery of the instrument. Right. I can, maybe it's because I know how to do it on another instrument. But Well, and I would say, I think the flow state is so uh, special because that place tends to maximize whatever's coming out of it. So right. out of that place, it maximizes if you're ha- if you happen to be speaking with someone, it maximizes the connection you have. If you happen to be playing, it maximizes your skill on that instrument at that moment. If you happen to be painting or plumbing or whatever, it tends mm-hmm. to maximize whatever you're doing. And that's why I think human beings throughout history have been 
sort of searching after this because you hit a place where you go, all my skill is available right here. As soon as I stop thinking and stop concentrating that particular way, everything I have comes to bear on this. Right. That might be different for different people. Like a professional mandolin player obviously would be way better at but you in that moment would reach your your peak skill with mandolin. Right, right. And have have you guys read the book Free Play? I think you have. Yeah. Uh Stephen, is it Nachmanovich? Nachmanovich. That's yeah. a great the great book Free Play by Stephen Nachmanovich. He talks about this phenomenon of uh players you almost make the container, you form the pot and then you allow the flow state to use that so you have to put in the time and effort and skill to make whatever it is to get that container ready to get the technical skill and, and ability there and then the flow state maximizes that i think i understand um i was thinking about a car just a second ago um especially about like course corrections the best cars almost seem to drive themselves yeah um a well-made car will drive straight you know there's not a lot of um it's just responsive enough in terms of braking and, and acceleration. But if we try to course correct too much, especially it's like those sitcom type of drivers that will just exactly an unofficial like an yeah. un like realistic ways all and like if a real driver did that they'd yeah. be all over the road well i think those right? are the days before power steering exactly so okay the flow state gives you power steering sure yeah but yeah the the best cars um drive straight and the best drivers know how to let the car do what it needs to do in that moment right you know and if there is a curve coming up the the driver will just put enough on the car just just to get it smoothly through that curve right. and then and then back off because once you know the, the steering wheel with power steering will just like glide through your hand and that's the car doing its work for you, you i know? always i always let go of the wheel close my eyes scream and slam <laughs> slam on the gas <laughs> is that not a good course to take i slam on the gas and then scream usually uh, i haven't just, tried that before yeah i, th I feel like the scream kind of gives it more power to go right you know so you, wherever you're going okay so is that like yeah, transferring the emotive energy into your car exactly exactly <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's good. I I will try the scream and then let go method. No, wait. Slam on the gas, then scream. Then scream. Yeah. Okay. The, the emotive is like energy. a punctuation on all that action. Okay. Right. The emotive energy get, burns really clean, so it's like a nitrous boost. Sort and of. if you, and yeah. if the listeners are not familiar with emotive energy, I feel like you should go back and listen to episodes six and seven of the mm -hmm. podcast. I right. Five and six, maybe. What, what episodes <laughs> they were? Look at that. Look at that. Who's a prepared guest? Who's a prepared guest and who is an unprepared host? No biscuits. No biscuits. No biscuits. I'm really hungry. I mean, yeah. I'm, and the more I'm we talk saying, about biscuits, I'm yeah. My flow state is seriously impeded by the lack of biscuits. You want to text Lori and see if she can make us some biscuits? <laughs> sure, she would love. You know that. what? Do that. I want to see what would happen. Not busy at all. <laughs> <laughs> sure, she's just waiting. Yeah, just hanging out with a biscuit pan. Love you, Lori. Warming up the oven. <laughs> so speaking about like the flow state as far as improv it's in order to improvise at your best in order to have all your skill come to bear on that moment the flow state has to be there those two things are almost synonymous i would say because you know to me improv requires uh almost uh moving past the barriers of me i'm here playing with other people it has to kind of become one instrument where you meld with these people 
playing and then you become one thing that's creating music and that requires letting go of any editing because you can't have any energy uh any parts of yourself uh sort of cut off from that you need everything there and that requires letting go of any sense of time which then you know requires like letting go of any sense of of ego because ego is time-based so when that happens i know what else is time-based what tempo tempo yeah what what do you mean what's your point my point is like <laughs> i was can, i was in the middle of the flow state you yeah and i interrupted it. it with my flow state <laughs> you're in good hands your big old it's, black it's ego pennies pennies from heaven over here right. okay go ahead <laughs> 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 this one's gonna take some editing <laughs> we've already formed an inside joke in the course of okay go ahead yeah tempo is time based go ahead yeah so my idea again is how this is a question how mm-hmm. can you keep time if you let go of your sense of time well uh are two they're two separate things i think letting go what i'm saying letting go of the sense of time is like letting go of the 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 ego and the way it interfaces with time in the past and future, but it doesn't mean letting go of the tempo or the pulse of the, of the music that's happening. But if you're not letting go, then aren't you trying and isn't trying the enemy of the flow state? Um, okay. Repeat that again. So, so I see what you're saying. And just like, just like shooting a basketball in the flow state, there's a lot of timing and tempo involved in that. You know, mm-hmm. you take steps and then you, you know, stand still and then shoot. Um, same thing with music. You're not abandoning because you're abandoning ego and time. Doesn't mean you're abandoning tempo. They're mutually right. exclusive. Right. They're two different they're, things. Yeah, they're different things. Like time, time has two different meanings here. Time in the in the I don't know if it's quite a metaphor, but in the sense of like uh the the ego based perception of past and future that doesn't mean that that tempo doesn't exist there okay what do yeah. you think as a drummer i mean you've been in the flow state and you're a drummer yeah i am <clears throat> um but at the same time i record myself often and i feel like that's probably one of the first things to go when i stop caring Mm-hmm. When I stop, when I like, I can't make those course corrections. And um, to me, when I'm playing music, especially when I have a role to fill, it says something more about the macroscopic environment of a band, um, and and being a collective. Because a, a couple of other things that we haven't really talked about yet, and we can maybe get into this in a minute, mm-hmm. is one person being in a flow state versus other people not being and what mm-hmm. that can do to the dynamic of the person being in a flow state or the other people not being, can they right. drag them in or bring them down? What does that do to the cohesiveness of a group? Things like that. Right. Um, so I, I think that if someone is, is in there doing it, it really has a lot to do with how everything else is responding because it can sound really beautiful if everything is on the same, if everyone is on the same page. Mm-hmm. But if they're not, then things can get really, really train wrecky. Yeah. But I still feel like that it, even if one person's in the flow state, 
it's going to tend to maximize their interaction in that moment with the other people. So even if the other people aren't, I don't think I think it would sound it would tend to sound as good as that as it could in that moment. Well, here's the thing, because and and this is where I have to start kind of being a little picky, mm-hmm. because when we're talking about subjectiveness, we're, yeah. we're talking about so when we talk about subjectivity, we are necessarily talking about ego. Yes. Whenever we talk about things like sounding good, that's not even, we can't think, we're not thinking about that in the flow state, right? Yes. So the, whatever maximi- uh, maximization is, th- that's irrelevant. Whatever the flow state is in that moment, it is. Right. So that to me is a wholly separate issue from how people interact with it. Because you can be the superhuman person, um, superhuman musician that is in there and does, let's say from a subjective view, everything right. That still doesn't completely contain um, the other musicians or prevent it being subverted by other people's egos. Yeah, that's true. And, and, that, that, and that's sort of what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the difficulties of playing in a band and why it's so special to have three people come together, four people come together, six people come together in that state. You know, I think that's what one musicians are looking after on stage. Obviously, a lot of reason why we all play music is the flow state because of what it feels like to be in there. And two, I think why people go see music is because uh, a good show will induce the flow state in somebody. Like even, it can just be a regular pop band, but it becomes so all-consuming they forget about themselves and they lose themselves in that moment. And it may be happening for a few people here and there. But I think the best shows are where the band is in there and the crowd is in there and they're feeding off each other. How does that happen? So look, break that down. Just, I know you don't know, but what do you believe how that works? How I do think, you induce the flow state? You know, again, like I don't know, but I think it has to come from, I think it has to come from the strength of the players 
and their their capacity and familiarity in being in that so that so that it will come out from the band and that their their uh, uh their ability to be in that flow state together and then the strength of that we'll call it field will induce that in the crowd like it has to like the band is leading the crowd there but everybody has to come along in an ideal mm-hmm. place so i think it's there has to be it's that magic that has to be there. And I, I think a lot of the most famous bands and the best bands can do it without even thinking about it. But there's got to be a way that they, they have practiced that together, whether they know they're practicing it or not. They have practiced that together and their field becomes so strong that the th- sympathetic resonance extends out into the crowd and you start to draw people in. Cause I think uh, human beings uh, are all searching for this in some way. You know, some people, paint some people go run marathons or whatever and so i think human beings have a natural capacity and tendency and inclination to get into the flow state and so when they're when they're already primed for that and looking for that all it takes is something to push them over the edge because most people haven't practiced it and most people aren't even consciously aware of what the flow state is but they have the capacity to go there and and to me that's the power of music and what the power of what a musician and a good band can bring is the ability to push people there. I I totally agree. And you said everything that I was trying to say on the in the emotive energy episodes. Oh good. So glad I could help you. <laughs> well, Don. yeah. So so I agree with that. And what uh, what I was saying emotive energy is is the medium of this field you're talking about. Yeah. It is the actual thing that um, that conveys this flow state, the actual thing that conveys the, um, that connects people. Right. And, and I think like, I understand, this is why I say I'm kind of between you two guys, cause I can understand totally what that is, but also I, I could look at it. I'm perfectly comfortable looking at, at that as just a metaphor. And like, I don't know if there's actually a physical thing that we may be able to measure one day. That but, says, well, it's a thing here, but but I'm comfortable just going as a metaphor, this thing that we can't really describe in any other way. But yes, it's a field and it's a thing we can talk about. But if it's not, if it's not a thing, it, you're saying it's a metaphor, but you're also saying it is a thing that actually exists. I'm saying it could be a thing, and one day we may figure out how to measure it and go point to it scientifically and go, there's the thing, and here's here's the results, here's the predictive. <clears throat> aspect of it that we can we can predict what it is measure it but we can't do that yet but i can't say well it doesn't exist because i don't know because because i have experienced some kind of phenomenon of the flow state and of being in that flow state with myself and other people that i understand what you mean by that so um, may i interject sure because i feel like um you, I, did, you did raise your hand a moment ago yeah, right, I did. <laughs> yes jonathan ooh, ooh. Does anybody know what a mirror neuron is? Yes. Yes. Those are the ones where you can see somebody do something and then you know how to do it. No. Um, but it's, it's, it's more about empathy. Right. um, Oh, okay. Yes. And behavior. It's like, well, let me read the sort of the definition real quick. A mirror neuron is a neuron that fires both when an animal acts and when an animal observes the same action performed by another. Thus, the neuron mirrors the behavior of another as though the observer were acting itself. Such neurons have been directly observed in primate species. Yes. So, so there may be your mechanism, Ray. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. Do you want? No, do you want to keep going? No, that's it. 
That's it. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we like mothers use that with their children. That's natural there. But I think this is the same thing. Like human beings are able to do this with each other somehow. Right. So that bands, uh, music can induce that. Right. You know, the, the flow state neurons can induce that in the mirror neurons of the crowd. I was thinking about when you, whenever you were talking about uh, the crowd watching and being able and being able to induce certain states, I was thinking about like sex scenes and movies. Right. You know, like I wouldn't call, I wouldn't say that they're portraying sexual energy. You know, the idea that those people are aroused, you know, is being mirrored in our brains to produce the idea. Like it's been said that primates, specifically us, are the only species so far that have been observed to have a theory of mind. That is to be able to conceptualize what another person might be thinking. Yeah. So the uh, so the the construct of empathy, like that shared world, shared experience, shared love, all this talk of like a shared consciousness and being bigger than you are, is really just our capacity for empathy and the awareness that not only are we not alone, but what we do affects other people. Yeah, yeah, and that's that may like yeah the and, defining human and, characteristic. And I just don't think it's any more complicated than that. And see, and, and see, that's where I where I walk the line between you two because I can totally agree with that. Like just from an like empirical materialist kind of viewpoint, not saying that's exactly what that is, but I can get on board with that and go, you know what? It could just be mirror neurons. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, anything beyond that. See, I, I agree with both of y'all. Um, you're taking science where it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you're taking facts, things that we have proven, things that we have observed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm taking it farther than that. So I don't disagree with anything you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't disagree with anything you've said. I'm trying to take it the next step. So this is things that science hasn't talked about yet. This is things that we might know in 150 years. Right. And just staying open to the possibility of like, we don't know what we don't know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I know. I'm saying I am observing this thing. It is a thing that I observe frequently. It's, it's my job. That's why yeah. I love my job. Sure. And it, it, and it's a thing that nobody's talked about yet. Right. It's a thing that we're just kind of starting to talk about scientifically. Right. So I'm sorry. Um, and my, I think real quick, just to harken back to our last conversation about this and I'm, I, my brain is sort of failing me at the moment. Um, I was under the impression that you believe it exists. I do. That's where we differ. Because to me, that we don't know what we don't know, on board with you, right? right? Mm-hmm. Admitting that it's a possibility, right there with you. But right. to me, but moving into the but the moving into belief. the realm of belief <laughs> is the thing that yeah. to me requires more evidence that is available. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's I think the fundamental difference. I think you just hit it. Mm-hmm. Is that I believe things that I don't know, right? Right, and you yeah. don't, and that's. Uh, that that's not a trait about myself that I want to change. That's okay. that's yeah. something that's that fine. I. We that's we a, at Mr. Yeah. Haircut um, respect all forms of belief and that's opinions. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and and Ray, going back to kind of, you know, the the mindset that I think it's so important, you know, as musicians specifically, but just as people to to keep that mindset of like. Uh, of staying open to those possibilities and being, being able to live with, we don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. I can believe this, but at the same time, yeah, we don't know. We don't know because, you know, I think moving out of that overarching mindset is a flow state killer. 
yeah. and, and as a music killer and as also a life killer in general. You know, not but this this podcast is about music, so I won't go into. No, we've talked about we've talked about, about dude, racism. Go for it. We've talked about all kinds of stuff. Go for it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think that that is one key component of the flow state is this willingness to live with unknown that that our egos are so focused always on, and this is their job is to to take things and and categorize them and file them and say, this is that, this is this, and find definitions and all these things, but that the flow state comes out of allowing a disconnect from that. And that that we're trained from birth almost to always be in the defining mode, you know, of, of, okay, here's an experience. How do I categorize it? What does it relate to that I've done before? You know, oh, I've tasted this ice cream, therefore I'll file it in ice cream and I'll da-da-da. But being able to consciously step out of that and go, you know what, I'm going to try and live with the unknown and, and know that I may never be able to define this and that's okay and it feels scary and it feels disorienting. But being able to move into that is like where the flow state starts to emerge. Mm-hmm. Like being able to live with the chaos and not be in control is where the flow state can then, is the fertile ground for the flow state to uh, Almost arise. like dreaming. Yeah. Think about a dream and you like the last time you dreamt, you are an observer. Things are happening in your perspective. Things are happening to you, Um, but you can't, I mean, lucid dreaming aside, you can't generally control the events of what's happening. You're an observer of what's happening. So that's sort of what I'm thinking about when you said the flow state. Yeah. And, and dreams can become, and dreams can easily become nightmares and become terrifying. But if there's, there's also the conscious awareness, this is a dream there can be there can be i'm it's okay i can allow a nightmare to just happen or i can just allow the dream to happen fear in many cases and this is going to be the most hippie thing i have ever said in my life Uh-oh. Uh-oh. take note <laughs> get out your pens listeners yeah. fear Record in many this one. fear in many cases is simply the lack of acceptance yes i would agree with that 100% yeah but because there is a, like i've been uh I've done a lot of meditation, a lot of, well, a lot. I mean, I don't know a lot, but I've done meditation and meditation retreats where you, you confront this wall of fear where your mind doesn't want to let go. You get on the edge of the precipice where you're about to jump off the cliff and your mind doesn't want to let go. And it's, it's, it's extremely terrifying because you feel like the ego is going to completely dissolve and you're going to die in a sense. But it's like, if you can relax into that and let it happen, then you pop through into whatever the flow state is in that moment. And it's, and it's wonderful, but it's like, yeah, fear is that barrier of holding back and going, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And almost always that's just all it is And and moving through that. And then the other side is like, Oh, I was holding back against nothing, you know, or I was holding back against the thing that was, you know, actually what I want. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never gotten there with meditation. That's, cool to hear you say that but i feel like i've kind of gone through that barrier a lot of times or like different levels of it um just with various things with music like right being on stage and you know in the midst of a solo playing something completely abandoning what i know scales harmony all that and just playing something really loudly in front of an audience of people (laughs) that's you know i can sort of remember when I actually remember a specific instance when I kind of broke through that barrier. Right. When I kind of just said, fuck it, I'm going to do this. Right. And it happened and it was great. 
And see, in my experience, <laughs> this is what I found in my experience is there is no difference. So sitting down and meditating and breaking through that barrier or doing it uh, while on stage playing, there's no difference. It's yeah. the same context. It's the same thing. So some people go to it through music, through gardening, through all these other things. Some mm. people just sit there. I was interested in finding, can I do it absent of any other activity? Can I just do it? Just do it. Like, yeah. you know, and, and I found you can. It takes practice. Yeah. But, but there's, I found there's no, absolutely no difference between doing it while you're playing. And it, so it's the same thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. is, there's nothing better about doing it outside the context of music. So, so you've been there, like, you know what that is. Okay. And yeah. there's always different degrees of it for, but you, you know what that is. Yeah. Where you come up against this thing and your mind's going, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And you just somehow you relax through that and you mm -hmm. pop into this other thing. Mm -hmm. Victor Wooten talks about that in his book, not directly, not the way we just said, but, um, one of the things he keeps saying is that, uh, when you're when you're doing new things, try easy. Instead of trying hard to accomplish mm. something, you try easy. You just yeah. relax into the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that that makes more and more sense to me the more I learn is is just it's all about just letting things happen rather than forcing them to happen. And I will say as far as, as regards to letting the flow state happen, there is a huge physical component to it where the actual physical body has to be relaxed, not flaccid not collapsing but there has to be your your actual muscles in your body has to be relaxed did you study the alexander method while you're at berkeley uh i did a little bit yeah that's actually i took a class on awareness for musicians i had tendonitis issues and mm -hmm. i and the class went over uh feldenkrais and alexander and and like meditation techniques and yoga and stuff so that's where i got introduced to a lot of these things mm. And, and yeah, that was a big component is, is if you're going to do be, do your best in music, you have to physically be relaxed. Can you explain what that is in a nutshell? What? The Alexander method. I wouldn't, I, I don't know enough about it. I have a very cursory. Well, whatever that, whatever it. your experience is, can you explain it? I may be way off on this, but this is my understanding of it. It's very limited. Just, it's about aligning your physical body in a way that allows you to maximize the energy you're putting out. So you're not, so your physical body is not in the way of allowing the technique to come out. You're not tensing your body in a certain way. You're not arching this or pulling this back or holding anywhere. So you're bringing conscious awareness to how your physical body is, is performing the music itself. And I'm sure there's a mental component involved and, and I could be way off, but that's my understanding. But, but I think that gets overlooked as, as one of the physical component gets overlooked as one of the more base Mm -hmm. things and like well i'm trying to get my mind right and i'm trying to and like well actually the best way to to get your mind right is to get your body right mm -hmm. you know it's it's a back door that short circuits that editing mechanism very quickly you know very quickly so i don't know i think that's part of it
in the midst of that, you said the word energy. And every time well, every time anybody I'm sorry, associated Jonathan. with Mr. Haircut says the word energy, like a little light goes off in my head. <laughs> John, John is signing. Jonathan is signing to me. There's, oh, there's but, things but happening. We all understood. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so could you also explain then what you meant when you said that? I, I, I feel like I know I what you like mean. I feel. Back up you know what? I, I feel like this <laughs> conversation is like a contest where we can like me and john are just like hashing former points and every time we like score a point they're just like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Point. you said energy right, you, you back me in a corner so you can add to your scoreboard yeah well see so i understood what you said and i understood what you meant when you said energy but i feel like i need some extra extra super clarity on this Okay, well, in terms of the physical body, I think that's what I said energy referring to, yeah, right? I yeah. literally meant like in in real world physics expending work, you know, they would have a little P next to it. I think it's in watts or joules or whatever you want to talk about. Uh, that your physical body, you're not inhibiting your physical body's capacity to move and everything. So that's right. what I, I literally meant like physical energy. So like the physical moving, energy of holding your hands on the guitar. Right, I'm moving. Them. I'm yeah. moving my fingers, and I'm not tensing up my trapezius muscle, which is preventing my arm from from moving in a particular way to get the best technique. So that's what I meant in that context. Okay, cool. Yeah, point point, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> I think Pat needs to be keeping score here. <laughs> yeah, where are we, Pat? I think I'm ahead. Um, <laughs> Do you put any energy other than physical energy into music? So you're playing a gig. You're obviously putting the physical, the kinetic energy of your hands yes. moving the strings yes. into the music. Do you put any other kind of energy? Is there anything else that you're putting into it other than just the physical playing the guitar? Well, I feel like I should go sit in that corner because you're backing me into one again. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm just, this, just is what, this is what we're all about. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm over here like, let, yeah. it, let it go, yeah. let it go. <laughs> but unfortunately, I'll have to say yes. And and this is where I run into like, okay, is it just a metaphor or is it something literal? Is like what we talked about before. Mm. But I would have to say yes. Is like there is something else happening. It's not just a physical body moving. There's some type of emotional energy happening or psychological energy, which I can't point to and I can't go, well, it's this or that. And we haven't been able to measure, but there's something happening. I mean, I'm not just a physical body. Right. So whatever else I am beyond just a, a, a sack of meat, that has to be somehow put into the music. So, John, John same, is, same is question raising his hand. Oh, He's, well, his I'm, face is grimacing. Anyway. First, I'm asking you the same question. So yeah. what? Your your resting bitch face got even more intense for yeah. a moment there. I don't even know if it's possible to, for me to answer that question because I don't know what else there is besides physical energy. So if right. I if right. I don't know that question, right, then I literally can't tell you one way or another. Right. I'm asking what you feel. So this is beyond what you know. When you're playing drums, you're obviously putting so you're talking about energy. the knowledge of what I feel. So that's not beyond the knowledge of it's not, it's not beyond what I know. But well, <laughs> he's, he's the worst no. to talk to, isn't he, John? Yeah, it's terrible. He's just, he's a, he's a just, just answer the bastard. question. You know what I'm asking. He's always squirming out of situations. <laughs> I'm over here stuck in a corner. He's just running around all greased up. All right. So 
I think so far as we know it, that consciousness is an emergent property of our physical bodies. So no, I don't think that there is anything else besides physical energy because I think emotional energy, um, a psychological energy is a subset of physical energy. So when you're playing drums, all if you're playing drums as as you know as powerfully and as if you're putting everything you have into the drums, all that is is just your physical energy touching the drums. I said that emotional and psychological energy are a subset of physical energy, right. not not separate. And 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 see, I think this is where I mean we're getting into subjective and opinions and. But you, I would almost look at it not as a subset, but as like an equal part of it. And this is sort of getting woo-woo. But but there's there are kind of three currents running together. And again, there's no way scientifically or empirically to point to it. No, as a matter of as a matter of fact, every instance that we have, we only have emotional psychological energy along with physical energy. Right. But you can have physical energy without the other, without emotional or psychological energy. But you, therefore, but not the other way around. Not the other way around. Yeah. So we haven't at least. Okay, Again, quantifying what I'm saying, we haven't observed emotional and psychological energy apart from physical energy. Yeah. Well, what about meditation? So what you were talking about, breaking through all these walls, meditating, isn't that, aren't you putting things into it? Aren't you putting yourself into this yeah. into this task while you're but, not using any physical but, energy? So where's your physical, but your body is still there. Exactly. And I'll say this, when that happens, there's a physical component to it. Right. So the body right. itself relaxes, tends to relax in that moment. That like like those things are always intertwined, so yeah, this is the this is the hard part in talking about that because it's also subjective experience. So I can say, well, I feel in my experience there's something else going on besides just my body, but I've never been able to step outside of myself, and I can't go outside and objectively observe. So it's all just opinion and, and yeah. hearsay, really. And I, and I really want to go back to what you said earlier. It's like if you want to get your mind right, you want to get your body right. That connection is what yes, I'm talking about. Crucial. When I talk about playing music and putting energy into it, mm -hmm. physical physical energy, emotional energy, and psychological energy to me are all one thing. Yes, and I would I would be more apt to agree with that, that, that it's only an intellectual exercise to separate the three out. That, that it's only it's only our minds where we go, okay, let's talk about psychological energy so we can kind of take one part of this huge stream and 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 close it off and go, well, it's my thoughts and da, da, da. The, but the really same, that's just uh, that's really just making it easier to talk. That about. same tendency that we have to categorize things that you were talking yes, about earlier. Yes, exactly. But but as an experiential thing, it's one thing happening. So so I see what you guys are saying. I disagree completely. Um, <laughs> uh, so you said you said earlier that there was oh, that you believe there was a connection that when you're playing music there is a connection with the audience that cannot be a physical yes connection yes. because you are not actually touching the and, audience and I'm going to uh, and I'm going to contradict myself and be a bit of a hypocrite because <laughs> these things are so hard to talk about but I will say I've been both a player and a listener in that in that place where the best way I can describe it is there's a connection. Now that may not actually physically be true. It may be something as as materialistic as mirror neurons and we can describe it all by uh, like reductionist materialist scientific paradigm, but I would the language I would use around it is there's a connection there that something's going on that I can't really explain that mm -hmm. would seem to be outside of what we know right now in our materialist viewpoint. 
and I understand exactly what I mean. We've had this conversation before, John. I, yeah. know, I know exactly what you mean. Like yeah. this, the the sight, sight, me seeing you and you seeing me. Mm-hmm. The connection, the medium for that connection is light. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I understand exactly what you mean. I just think that all of these other sort of connections that we have, like connection, is a, a word that is really good explaining some things. It's the only word that we have to explain others. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't. I think that that connection or the shared experience, neuro like uh, mirror neuron thing, is the thing that allows us to seem connected. The thing that makes me sad whenever I see something sad, whenever I see someone sad, I'm not actually sad. I don't think that there is the medium other than sensory imp- normal sensory input that um, allows that to occur. But if you're, but if you're thinking sad and feeling sad, what's the difference between that and just being sad? What's the difference between, I mean, if your whole experience is sadness, then how is that different from sadness? True. But we're not talking about being sad. We're talking about, connection so i'm not i'm not saying so it's one thing to say that feeling sad being sad or thinking that you're sad and how's that different than you know just being in that emotion saying that you you're mirroring that person let's say anxiety right we can we're anxious we fear things that actually aren't present dangers Mm -hmm. you know how is it that something that doesn't exist can actually affect us right that's a, a psychological question um that doesn't mean that that thing out there has actually connected with us. Yeah, just like an image in a mirror. Right. It's reflecting something, but it's not actually us. Right. Yeah. So uh, can I sort of change this a little bit and say and introduce a what if? So what if this connection that I'm, that I'm talking about is nothing more than sound waves, than the physical vibration of air moving? Go on. Um, so you said the connection was light sure, and that's where I kind of lost track of y'all's conversation because I was thinking in my head. Um, so I've experienced this connection with eyes closed. Um, but you know, just remembering connections. Um, and I've also experienced this sort of emotive, uh, don't, don't say it. <laughs> energy. So listening, I was listening to a WC piece earlier this morning, and it made me, uh, it made me sad. Like I felt like I was connected to WC, who died a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was connected to him in some way because I was experiencing the emotions that I feel like he put into this composition. Mm-hmm. Um, but that connection could literally be. Uh, the vibration of sound, the vibration of air moving. You fall in the danger of being a prisoner of the subjectivity of art because that connection itself could give, like, okay, it's like two people listen to the same piece of music. I'd say if 100% of the people, hell, I'd say if the majority of people, if they felt the exact same way, Mm-hmm. Um, then you might have something. 
But if you have this entire range of interpretations of specific emotions, but they all claim to have this certain connection, I think that a piece, I mean, unless this person that died 100 years ago is infinitely complex and wrote this infinitely <laughs> complex yeah. piece of music, yeah, you should so. not be getting this wide range yeah. of emotions from one piece of music. And this is the problem with subjectivity. You run into that. Like, there's just a wall you can't get outside of where, mm -hmm. you know, your, yeah, your experience of that music will be different than somebody else and you have no idea what Debussy put in it I would say that the great writers wrote music that affects people but mm -hmm. depending on the the how the music itself is interfacing with you it's going to affect everybody differently but I think great music will tend to have an effect you just don't know what it is yeah so so this is gonna this is gonna sound really frou-frou but I feel like there's a lot of music that has that contains a lot of energy um so like I was I was on a bike ride yesterday and just starting to flag a little bit. I was listening to a podcast and just my I was running out of physical I'm sure it calories. Wasn't Mr. <laughs> it wasn't Mr. Haircut. That you would be able to ride. I'm for sick miles of Mr. And miles haircut. And and I put on some music and skipped through a couple pieces. You know there were some like downish ones, and then there was I got to something I don't remember what it was, but it was a really high energy piece. So a piece with a lot with a fast tempo. And a right. lot of physical things that are, uh, the music itself gave me energy or right. gave me the feeling of having more energy. Right. And so I listened to a, a song that I felt like contained a lot of energy, which right. transferred that to me in some way, which I'm sure, I'm not saying that this song physically transferred caloric energy to me through my earphones. <laughs> yeah. It but I'm saying, glucose into you. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying that it, somehow altered the state of my brain to make me feel more energetic. Right. And, and that's the reason why there tends to be more violence at like death metal shows. Right. Or, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Then, then like a Brian Eno show. Like, I don't see there's going to be a lot of stabbings at one of those shows or a lot of fights or something. But, but I feel like that uh, also has something to do with, uh, <laughs> the people that attend, so it's not just right, the music, exactly. it's like demographics it and all that stuff. Yeah, it could be explained as easily as that. It's like it could just be correlation, not causation. You know, I, I don't think that's. I think that's some of the explanation, but not yeah. all of it. Okay, yeah. so how much violence happens at rap shows? Yeah, I mean, rap and metal have like very little in common in terms of like the but way. Jonathan, they have the same emotive energy. Uh. They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they both contain a lot of aggressive energy. Yeah, yeah. And but and see like and this is what I mean like I feel totally comfortable talking about this as a metaphor like I don't I don't have to say well yeah it's the emotive energy is definitely a thing but you can talk about it in terms of like well yeah metal has energy to it and I'm gonna tend to want to listen to metal when I'm lifting weights or you know having to go do something more aggressive but I'm not gonna listen to metal right before bed you know it's just not it's not right. a thing that's gonna calm me down and help me relax because funny, of the emotive energy the funny thing is is I actually know people that listen to metal while they go to bed <laughs> really? you know especially if that's the only thing that you listen to what else do you what else no. option do you All right. have yeah. Brian Eno Brian Eno I feel like those people should branch that, out that one time Brian Eno wrote a metal record a Brian Eno and maybe a nice cup of chamomile that Brian Eno has written a lot of a lot sleep of sleep hygiene is important ladies shit. and gentlemen it's very important it's just you know, a little side, side. Another side, side. Is <laughs> how many sides do we have so far? Do we have a square? We got four. I that's, need a side of biscuits. That's what I need. 
Where are my biscuits? Yeah, John. John. Well, I thought you were going to take that out with my wife, which I think again would be hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> Laurie, if you could just—if you're listening to this, could you just go ahead and get me some biscuits? I don't you know, mind you bringing them to my house whenever this comes out. It's fine. Just stop on by. That's all the time we have today. Thank you for listening to Mr. Haircut. This is John Daniel Ray, your host, my co-host, Jonathan Green, and our special guest today, very special, special person, Russell Kelly. Thanks for listening. Once again, you can go to our website, mrhaircut.org, and download all the music that was on this show, as well as all kinds of other bonus material, pictures, videos. Uh, You can find out about Russell Kelly. Uh, You can even see pictures of him. Uh, You can probably see videos of him as well. Some of them are pretty intense. If you have questions or comments, please send them to us on our website. Once again, mrhaircut.org. Until next time, Mr. Haircut!
can my Mr. Podcast name be like Hipster Cloth or something? Mr. Podcast? Mr. Podcast Mr. Haircut. Podcast. We're going to record the Mr. Podcast haircut right now. Can I'll my name be like Hipster Quaff or like... Hipster Quaff. Is that me? What's a quaff? Is that like a dirty word it's or like, something? Have you, okay, so they shave both sides of their head and then they flip the thing over the top, you know, like they used to do in the 20s, but now it's popular. You see no. it everywhere. Really? Yes, you've seen yeah. it before. Everybody. It's like, it's like land? Man Quaff, yeah. Yeah. It's the it's thing. It's very man. popular and will never go out of style, John. Like Tweed? Yes. Tweed's not like, out of style. Uh, not anymore. Like that. <laughs> you know, they shave the side and flip it over? Yeah. Yeah, everybody looks like that now. Yeah, exactly. So, did I'm you just happen like, to have a quaff like, picture on your phone? Well, I looked, I looked up. <laughs> yeah, I He's did. Like, no, it looks at the background of my phone. <laughs> like a, like yeah. a man from Full House. What's his name? Everybody wants to look like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except, like except shaving the sides Greece. of the head like Peaky Blinders. <laughs>